Are you ready for what God has to do today? What he's going to do? I want to preach to some people today who've been wrestling. Who've been wrestling. You've been wrestling with something maybe on the inside. Something that maybe has altered who you are, but I believe by the power of God and by faith today that there's going to be some people set free today. How many believe that with me? I want to read to you out of a story in Genesis chapter 32. I know you sat down. I waited till you sat down to say Genesis chapter 32. We're going to get our work out in today. It's an amazing passage that I believe that God's going to speak to us through it today in a powerful way. And I'm going to read quite a bit of verses. I'm probably going to paraphrase a little bit because there's really only about two or three scriptures or two or three verses that I really want to lean in on. But, you know, when you read the Bible, you have to learn to get context because a lot of people in the world today or even as Christians, we want to just say a scripture, but we don't really know the context of that scripture. Jeremiah 29, 11, for example, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and give you a future, not to harm you. And that's great. How many believe that? You want that? You want God to bless you? You want not to harm you? He's got a purpose. But what you don't read is maybe verses 11 and, or, you know, 11 and 12 and 13. It says, but if you'll seek me, you'll find me if you seek me with your whole heart. So I want the plan, I want the purpose, I don't want to be harmed, but I'm going to have to do something. So we're going to talk about some context today. And I'll do my best to unpack this and the way that God showed it to me. Genesis chapter 32, verse 7. It says, in great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups. And the flocks and herds and camels as well. He thought if Esau, which is his brother, his twin brother, comes and attacks one group, the group that is left may escape. I'll describe what is going on here in just a moment. It says, then Jacob prayed, oh God, father of Abraham, God of the, my father, Isaac, Lord, you said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you've shown to your servant. I've only had my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I've become two camps. He's basically describing, I didn't have much when I left, when I was on the run from my brother, but now I've been blessed. God has done a lot. I've been blessed. He says, save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me. And also the mothers of their children, his wives and his children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and I will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. So he says he spent the night there. And then he began to select some gifts for his brother Esau. Some goats and some rams and some cows, some camels, male and female. He divided them. He was setting up a gift for his brother, trying to appease his brother. He stole some things from his brother and now his brother's coming with 400 men and he is in great fear and distress. So he's trying to send ahead of him what he thinks will please his brother. And he tells his servants, go ahead of me. 
keep some space in between because he said if he attacks one, the other one needs to flee so I don't lose everything. And he instructed them, the one in the lead, when my brother Esau meets you. And he asked, who do these belong to? Where are you going? And who owns, owns all these animals in front of you? Then say to him, they belong to your servant Jacob. And they are a gift sent to my Lord Esau and he is coming behind us. He also instructed the second and the third to do the same. He tells them, say this specific things. Verse 21 says, so Jacob's gifts went on ahead of him. But, everybody say but. But he himself spent the night in the camp. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants. We don't even have time to talk about the two wives today. His 11 sons. That would keep me up at night too. And it says he crossed the ford of Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, it says he sent over all his possessions, everything that was left, everything else that he owned. And this is what I want to talk about today. Verse 24. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. You see, when God touches you, it will leave you changed. It's not even my sermon today, but we could preach about that for a minute. Sometimes blessings don't always look like a blessing. Sometimes a blessing comes with pain. We ask God to do some things in our life. But we don't realize that with every blessing comes a sacrifice. That's a whole other sermon. Well, I was going to preach that, but God told me to preach something else today. It says, then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Have you ever had a time in your life where you struggled and wrestled with who you really are. So you begin to put on a disguise so no one would see the real you. Because what would they think if they actually saw the real you? Have you ever been there before? So I want to preach to you today from the title and the subject, Wrestling with the Other Me wrestling with the other me. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that it has the power to change our life, has the power to set us free, and I pray, Lord, that that would happen today. No matter where we may find ourselves in our faith journey with you, I pray today that each one of us would take another step closer to you, that we would lean into your word, that we would press into your presence, because in your presence there is fullness of joy, and I pray, Lord, today that that anything that may be trying to hinder this word today, Lord, any distractions, Lord, I pray that no distractions would exist, that we would hear what you have to say, that you would minister to our hearts in the deepest places of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said a big amen. Amen. Give someone a hug before you're seated in God's presence. As we go through life, it's easy to find ourselves in a space where we struggle 
and wrestle within ourselves with who we really are. Trying to find ourselves in a world that's trying to tell us who we are supposed to be. To, to live out our own truth, but for only us to find, for us only to find that our truth isn't really truth at all. It's a facade. It's what we wish we were rather than who we were created to be by God. So we often attempt to be someone we really aren't. Because it's easier to copy something than it is to be the real you. Because the real you has a reality and that reality has something that it needs to work on. You have some work that you need to deal with when it comes to the real you. And you see, we often want what we aren't willing to work for. We live in a day and age where we don't want to put in the work for the results that we really want. We just want it handed to us. Because what we find is that in our life and in our, when we're trying to discover who we are, the real you has some issues. Look at your neighbor today and say, you got issues. Now look at your other neighbor and say, I got them too. Oh yeah, well, I'm going to make you admit it too. But we all have issues that we have yet to deal with. And that's the work that it takes to show the real you. And you see, this is what's happening here with Jacob in this story in Genesis chapter 32. That just to kind of give you a little bit of a breakdown without having to read chapters upon chapters of what's going on here and that got us to this point. But Jacob, from his birth, has been grabbing for things that weren't his. When he and Esau, his twin brother, were being born, they, they were even wrestling in the womb. They, Jacob wanted to come out first so bad, but what happened was Esau was delivered first, and while he was coming out, Jacob was holding on to the hills of Esau. Jacob literally means heel grabber. Jacob at birth was fighting for something that was not his. Then some years go by and when Esau was and Jacob were older, Esau had come in from the fields. He was hunting and Esau was a hunter and he, he that's what he did. He worked in the fields and, and hunted that he was like a really manly man. Jacob Worked in the house, not to say there's anything wrong with that, but he could cook. He, he, his mother tended to him there, and there's a whole story and all that. But, but Jacob, his brother, when, when Esau came in and he was, he was exhausted, he had been hunting all day, he was extremely hungry. Jacob had been stewing up some stew, and he had cooked some stuff up, and Esau was so hungry that, that when Esau came in, Jacob said, and realized that Esau was in need, and he said, hey, Esau, I'll trade you. This bowl of stew for your birthright. And again, we see Jacob trying to trade for a blessing that's not his. Fighting for something that wasn't his. Then you get some years go by some more. Their father Isaac, who is now almost completely blind. He was getting old in age. He had a hard time seeing he came to an age where his life was coming to an end and it was time for him now to give the blessing of the inheritance to the firstborn, which was Esau. 
So he told Esau to go out and, and, and go hunt for some game and come in and we're going to prepare a meal like he liked it. And so we can we can celebrate and he can pray a blessing and give the inheritance to Esau. Well, Jacob heard that happening and so did his mother. And what happened was Jacob decided to disguise himself by putting on animal fur, goat's fur, because Esau was considered a hairy man. And he put fur on his arms, knowing that he could deceive his father, knowing his father would probably try to touch him to, to say, you don't sound like Esau, but you feel like Esau. And what happened was Jacob had tricked his father. And when Jacob went in and cooked him a meal and did all the things and, and, and Isaac saw that, he began to give the blessing to Jacob that was meant for Esau and Esau shows up and realizes that Jacob had tricked his father. And so Jacob went on the run and Esau's after him and 20 years go by and we now are being brought to Genesis chapter 32. Just giving you some context of the story of what's going on. And now we see Jacob trying to win over his brother Esau. He had stolen everything from him and he's preparing all of these gifts these goats these cows these camels these rams all of this stuff because Esau is coming with 400 men and Jacob is hoping that just maybe he will find favor by sending gifts ahead of him to appease his brother and now we see Jacob he's wrestling on the inside. Jacob's been wrestling since he was born, but he's and he's struggled with his identity. He's struggled with who he really is, and he's wrestling trying to be someone that he's not. He's been pretending, he's been mimicking, and now things are catching up to him. I will tell you that you can only copy for, for so long before it catches up with you. You can only lie so long before the truth will truth will come out. Don't think that your lie will live forever. It won't. It will always find its way to the surface. And the Bible says that Jacob was in so much fear. He was in so much distress that he started putting a plan together to try to save his life because he knew his brother, his brother was a hunter. He could cook a bowl of beans. I'd be scared of Esau too if I was just a cook boy and I didn't know how to hunt. And now he finds himself all alone. He sent everything ahead of him. He sent his wives and his sons, the rest of his possessions over the river. And the Bible says he finds himself alone, which I believe goes to show that when you pretend to be someone that God didn't call you to be, it will bring you to a place of loneliness and despair, grabbing for heels and blessings that aren't yours. And too often we want God to bless us, but God can't bless who you pretend to be. God will only bless the real you. The Bible says in verse 24. So Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Again, this also goes to show that there are going to be many times in your life where you will wrestle with things that no one will see. Jacob was alone. No one saw it. Nobody knows what you're wrestling with sometimes. They don't see your struggle. They don't know what you're facing. 
They don't know that you've been up all night through the, trying to go through scenario after scenario in your mind, trying to figure out what you're going to do next. Jacob was all alone. He was wrestling. Been wrestling his whole life, but now he's wrestling and, and no one can see it. It also goes to show as, as you read this part where Jacob was left alone and he wrestled with a man until daybreak. It also goes to show that there will be times in your life when you don't even know what you're wrestling with. Jacob didn't know who he was wrestling with. He didn't. He couldn't see. It was dark. It was night. He was wrestling with something that he didn't even realize or know what he was wrestling with. He was all alone and no one saw. And it was also at night, which means Jacob could not see who it was. And isn't that how it happens in life sometimes where we are wrestling with things that we don't even know what we're wrestling with? And when you can't see what you're wrestling with, you can often mistake the source of your struggle. Well, what, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, you, you can be wrestling with thinking it's them that they don't like me. They don't want me. They don't understand me. They don't care about me. They, they, they. But what if your struggle isn't with them? But what if it's within you? The other you. Maybe it's not that they don't like me, but that I don't like me. Maybe it's not that they don't care about me. Maybe it's that I don't care about me. I don't want me. Maybe it's that I don't. That it's not that they don't understand me. It's maybe that I don't understand me. Maybe maybe I'm wrestling with the other me. The me that I'm pretending to be. You see, if you don't understand the source of your struggle, you will not find the strength for it. And you'll be wrestling from a place of strength that isn't applicable to the struggle. And so I'm wrestling with the acceptance of other people. If I'm doing that, then my strength will only be found when, that, when I find that they accept me. That's what I'm trying to describe to you because the place in where I struggle is the same place I will rely on for my strength. If I struggle with feeling qualified, then I will only find strength when people validate me. If I struggle with an addiction or with alcohol, then I only find strength when I drink because it makes me feel better. When my source of strength is in the things of this world. It will not be sustainable because I will have to continue coming back to that place for a strength that won't last. That's what Jacob is discovering. But you see, when my strength comes from the Lord, it will carry me. It will be a strength that will carry me through any struggle and any circumstance. It will be a strength that I will not find in anything other than him that will be able to get me through the struggle that I'm facing in the darkest of nights and the darkest of places. <laughs> Jacob was wrestling because he was struggling with who he was. He was pretending to be someone he wasn't. And so we get to 24, verse 24, and it says, so Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, 
I will not let you go unless you bless me. You see, there will be some times in your life where blessings come from holding on. Perseverance and ambition. And when you hold on to the things of God, there are only certain blessings that come when you hold on and you don't let go and you don't give up. But I've also found that there are only certain blessings that will come when you learn to let go. Jacob had been holding on to something that wasn't his his whole life. He was wrestling within himself. But God was trying to tell Jacob that I cannot bless you unless you learn to let me go. For some of you, that's exactly where you're at right now. And that's exactly where God is trying to tell you. You've been holding on, but it's time to let go. It's time to let go of that comparison trap. It's time to let go of those unrealistic expectations that you have on yourself. It's time to let go of the persona that you post about, but that really isn't you. You see, there are only some blessings that come in holding on, but there are certain blessings that come when you learn to let go and let God. If you want to renew your mind, then you're going to have to let go of the way you think. If you want to renew your purpose, then you're going to have to let go of the things that you want to pursue and you pursue the things of God. If you want to renew you, your, who you are in Christ and your relationship with Christ, then you're going to have to let go of some habits and some things and some traits and some desires that you have. With every blessing comes a sacrifice. And every blessing, there's something you got to let go of. The thing we have to realize is that in order for something to be resurrected, to be renewed, there has to be something that has to die. There cannot be resurrection where there is not death. And where there is resurrection, there is renewal. We see that through, through the blood of Jesus. He died. There was a death. He had to lay it all down. And then there was resurrection. But resurrection could not have happened without his death. And we would not be able to experience the resurrection power in our life and in our, in our body and in who we are if Jesus didn't die and then be resurrected so we could be renewed. And Jacob's renewal happened when he learned to let go and stop pretending who he was trying to be. And the key is, and the verse I didn't read yet because I was waiting to get here, says the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Why did God ask him what his name was? He's God. He knows, he knows who it is. No, no, he wanted Jacob to get honest with himself and before God. He wanted to remind Jacob who he really was, the real Jacob who God created him to be, it was that Jacob didn't know who he was. Jacob needed to see, I'm Jacob. That's me. I've been pretending to be somebody I'm not. No, no, I'm Jacob. I'm not that person. I'm not that thing. I'm not who they said I was. 
I'm not who they judged that I would be. I'm Jacob. And he had to get honest with himself. Do you see, when God asks you, what is your name? And you get honest before him and you quit playing the game. When you quit pretending and you say, Lord, this is who I am. This is all I've got. This is the real me. When you learn to get honest with God, that is when God can reveal to you what you've been trying to find in yourself all along. And too often we come before God with animal skin on and we try to pretend and we want God to bless us. But God is more interested in, in the you that you are, not in the you that you're pretending to be. That's who God wants. That's who God created you to be. We're all messed up. Look at your neighbor real quick for a moment. Just look him in the eye. Get to know their eye color for a second. I'm going to be known as the get to, the get to know the eye color pastor. But look at them. Don't look at me. Look at them. Make it awkward for a minute. Tell them God is more interested in the real you. And look at your second best choice. The one you didn't talk to first. The one you don't like as much. They're like, oh, why you got to do that? And tell them, stop pretending. We got to stop pretending. I hate the fact that it's Christians who have the label as being hypocrites. Maybe it's because we freaking are pretending to be someone we're not. We're trying to put this persona that all oh, my life's all together. No, it's not. You're all jacked up just like we all are. And we're trying to strive to be more like Jesus who is perfect. And we're never probably going to reach that. We're not going to reach that. But we don't have to because he is perfect for us. It doesn't mean we don't experience grace and we live with God with good ambition and good morals and good values. But it's just when we get real with ourselves and say, yeah, man, I'm jacked up too. I struggle too. I got addictions too that I'm working on and God's working on me and I'm taking step by step but I found a small group and I found a church and I found a group of people that keeps pointing me to Jesus and every time I get there just something changes in me and I just got to get back there every single weekend because it's the only thing that I need. It's the only thing that gives me breath from Monday through Saturday. Helps me learn to be the real me. The real me that God wants to bless. The real me that God wants to do something got to stop pretending we got to stop wrestling with the other me and say ko you're done i'm gonna be the real me i don't need to wrestle with you anymore i want everybody to stand on their feet across this room today there are some of you today that you've been wrestling with god you've been struggling with Maybe who you are. You, you, you've maybe even tried to accept the fake version of yourself. And you've maybe even started to believe that this is who you really are. But I believe that God is here right now. And I believe that God is wanting to touch you today. That he wants to touch you in a way that will never leave you the same. When Jacob was touched in his hip socket. Jacob walked with a limp for the rest of his life. When God touches you, people will see the effect. 
because they'll say there's something different about you i hope i don't i hope you don't touch me where i walk with the limp i hope that but i hope they see in me man something's changed in you you're nicer you love people more you're not so angry all the time man there's something different about you you ain't struggling like you used to you got peace when all this chaos is going around how do you have strength what, what is going on? I, I can, I, can you tell me? What are you taking? What supplements are you taking? What workout routine are you doing? You say, no, man, it's Jesus. Jesus changed me. He helped me remove my animal skin. He helped me to stop pretending to be someone I'm not so the world would like me. I don't need the world to like me. I just need him to. And the truth is, he already loves me. We love him because he first loved us. every eye closed every head bowed across this room today I believe today is a day for some of you to take off the animal skin today is a day to remove the mask the facade the, the persona that you're trying to to display to everybody else that's not you today is the day to let go and let God do what he wants to do with every eye closed if you're if you're tired of pretending if you're tired of the masks I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about the mask that you put on when you go to work and when you come to church and when you get around your kids. And today, I, I want you to get honest with God. That's all he wants. He wants, to, he wants to know your name, but he knows that he wants you to know your name. Today is the day to take off that animal skin so Jesus can bless the real you. And if that's you today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I want to remove the animal skin. I'm tired of pretending to be someone I'm not. I want Jesus to bless the real me. I've been trying to live this life like everything's all together and trying to make it look perfect, but it ain't perfect. It's anything but perfect. And I just want Jesus to, to, to love me for me. And let me tell you, friend, he loves you just as you are. He accepts you just as you are. But if today, if, if you're saying, I want to get rid of that animal skin, I want to get rid of the mask, I want to get rid of the persona, I just want to be the real me before Jesus with every eye closed. If you say, that's me, Pastor, just pray for me. I just want you to lift your hand today. Say, that's me. I want to stop the pretending. I'm not valued by my gift. I'm valued because of who I am. That's what Jacob was doing. He was sending ahead of himself gifts as if that's what he had to offer. But Esau just wanted him. God went before him. And when he greeted Esau, Esau gave him a kiss and hugged him and embraced him and said, where have you been, brother? You see, a lot of times we're creating images on ourselves that don't even exist. So stop the persona. Go apologize. Go say, I'm sorry. If that's you and you say that's me that's what I need raise your hand to me say that's me father I thank you for every single person with their hand raised and those in this room or on the other side of a screen I pray Lord today that you would change us from the inside out Lord that you would do what only you can do that God that we would put down the persona we would take off the mask God that we you would remove the animal skin that we want to we, we want to we we're Jacob I'm Nathan I'm Sarah I'm John, I'm Joseph, I'm Kelly, I'm Samantha, I'm me. I don't want to wrestle with the other me anymore. 
I want to be the real me. The me that you called me to be. So God, I pray that every single person today, Lord, would begin on a pathway of renewal. To know, Lord, that there may be some changes we need to make. There may be some accounts we need to delete. So we can stop the comparison to feel validated. And we can just receive the validation. The one in Jesus who came and died for me. Loved me enough and loved me so much. And he bled for me so I could live. While everyone's still praying, I know there's in a room in a size like this, there's probably some people here today, whether in this room or on the other side of a screen, that maybe, maybe you're hearing about this God who created you. A God who sent his son Jesus, John 3, 16, the famous scripture, you've probably heard it at some point in your life. It said, for God so loved you, the world that that's you, that's me. It says that he gave his one and only son that if we would believe in him, if we would call on his name, if we would confess to him, it says we would not perish, but we can live an everlasting life, an eternal life with Jesus. Bible tells us that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Even Jesus at the Last Supper, which over 2,000 years ago, we we would be experiencing what happened over 2,000 years ago pretty soon. Where he sat with his disciples and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. You want to get to the Heavenly Father? You want to spend eternity in heaven? The only way to do that is by accepting Jesus. Jesus was trying to say, it's not about just being a good person, although that's great. It's not about just doing good deeds, although that's great. You you, you can do all those good things, but if you don't know Jesus, when you stand before those pearly gates, he's going to say, I never knew you. I don't want to be that person. When I accept Jesus, it is a byproduct to do good things and to to, to be nice to people. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus or maybe you have at one point but you walked away. You say, I need Jesus in my life. I want to accept him. If he can wash me clean, if he can forgive my sins, if if he can make all things do in my life, I want Jesus in my life. If he has a purpose for me, then I want Jesus. If that's you with every eye closed, every head bowed across this room, you say, that's me. I want Jesus in my life. I want to accept him today as my savior of my life. We need salvation. And with salvation comes the free gift of grace that Jesus extends. If that's you today, you say, I need Jesus. I want you to lift your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Just lift it up. Say, I need Jesus today. Thank you. I see those hands. Say, I need Jesus. Thank you. I see that hand all the way up there. I see that hand. I see that hand. Just a few more moments. Don't let this moment pass you by. Say, I need Jesus. I see you down here. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? let this moment slip by without you making a decision today to be confident where you're going to spend eternity to be in right standing with God because of what Jesus did five more seconds say that's me I want to accept him I want to rededicate my life today I want him to wash me clean just lift it high thank you Jesus you can put your hands down I want us to pray a prayer together say dear Jesus come into my life Help me live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and leader.
of my life. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. Today I ask you forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Make me new. In Jesus' name. And everyone said a big amen. Church, can we celebrate with every person?